It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello and welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. Nick Nolenberger here, the play-by-play voice of the Barracuda alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. And Goldie, this is a Zoom call, so we do have the ability to see what's behind you. You've got an awesome red, white, and blue American flag painted wall. And it looks like you're back home, back home in Worcester. How are things going? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. So I am back home. I'm back uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts for... At least a, a, a month or so, um, since, you know, we're, we're working remotely, I figured I'd take the opportunity to get back, spend some time with family that I normally wouldn't be able to do. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm in my, my childhood bedroom, which uh, we moved into this house. We kind of wanted to get the opportunity to like, theme our rooms if we wanted to. So I elected to go with a baseball themed room and the American flag comes into play because it is America's pastime. Uh, like my my ceiling fan is the light itself is is a baseball, and it looks like it's in a mitt, and the the blades of the fan look like bats. Like it's 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 a baseball room, you know. <laughs> it's 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 changed a little bit, uh, you know, over the years that, that I've kind of obviously gotten older and I'm not a a child anymore. But um, yeah, no, it's good to be home, good to be back. Um, you know, I I got in Sunday. It was you know. Everything went was going really well, and then we had some some tough news to deal with Sunday. But you know, get through that, and now it's just uh, hanging out with the family and and making the most of the situation. Yeah, it's funny how moms they never want to change their kids' rooms. I feel like they want to oh. keep it intact. Yeah. So <laughs> on that subject, so I like the closet. I got no no say over that anymore. That's not even mine. It's. Half, like a part of it is my dad's the rest of it is stuff that belongs to my mother I asked Sunday I was like what do you guys think of like you know maybe repainting the room and they were, my dad was like why would we do that like why would we repaint what's the point and I was like all right forget I even asked we won't do that uh, so it's gonna stay like this until we move out of the house until they get a new house I guess but yeah very patriotic very, very patriotic. Uh, unfortunately, fans, this is only audio, so they won't get a see behind you. But I will. Uh, Maybe we share a snippet. <laughs> essentially, you imagine an American flag, and you you just threw it onto the wall and paint, and that's what you mm-hmm. got going behind you. You got a, exactly. an American flag hat to match. So yeah, that's that, I, that that's pure coincidence. I was wearing this when I was uh, working out earlier. Not a big deal, kind of a humble brag. <laughs> I went for a run, and I wore this hat, uh, and uh, I have not taken it off since I got home. So. Well, that was a nice light start. Let's uh, let's pivot though, because 
if you do follow the podcast, um, you heard from us a few weeks back that we were going to start going to a bi-weekly podcast. Well, it would have fallen on last Tuesday, but we did not record and it had to do with what was going on both in the U.S. and globally um, with the death of George Floyd. Um, we felt like it was the appropriate decision not to send anything out. So we elected to not record last week. And now we come to you a week later. And it also gave myself personally an opportunity to continue to digest what was going on, continue to listen and try to learn. Um, of course, George Floyd, um, you should be familiar at this point, um, an unarmed uh, black man who, who died um, on May 25th uh, as he was held down by a Minneapolis police officer, uh, which sparked outrage. Um, it has sparked protests um, about police brutality, uh, social injustice and racial inequality. Um, it has also sparked continued conversation. It has heightened awareness, and hopefully, hopefully, it's going to spark long-term change. And this is something that we've seen, I guess, over the last uh, couple of years, really uh, predominantly. You can go all the way back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, but this has been something that has been at the uh, forefront of topics when it comes to starting with the U.S., but really globally. Um, but now it really seems like it has hit a boiling point. And I wanted to share a quote that I read um, in an article in The Athletic with Matt Dumba, who's a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild. Um, his mom is Filipino. His dad is Romanian and German, um, but he joined a uh, hockey diversity alliance, which we'll go over in just a moment. But he had a quote that I thought was really applicable to myself and kind of gives you a, a better understanding on how you can be a part of the change and how you can continue to move forward and, and be a part of the positive. He says, I think people are learning constantly through these times right now. He says, I hope they are taking their time to read everything they can to understand it. If they didn't know anything, completely dive into it and learn as much as they can. And it, it seems like a simple quote, but that's what I've tried to do myself, read as much as I can on the topic be as an understanding as possible, try to listen as much as possible. And, and Dumba, again, as we mentioned, he's part of what's now been termed the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which was um, created on June 8th, uh, along with six other members, including Sharks forward Evander Kane, former NHLer Akeem Alou, uh, Detroit defenseman Trevor Daly, Dumba, as we mentioned, is included. Wayne Simmons is included as well. Buffalo Ford, Chris Stewart, Philadelphia Ford, and Joel Ward, former Shark uh, forward as well. And the mission is to promote diversity and eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey. I know, Joe, that was a lot to digest, but it's been a lot to digest over the last few weeks. And I think everybody's still, you know, learning day by day trying to be part of the solution. I've seen a lot of NHL players um, show their support, whether it was Logan Couture showing his support uh, for Vander Kane, who has just been tremendous with all this uh, being a voice uh, for not only the Alliance, but really uh, for hockey as a whole, as he tries to be a big part of the change. But um, don't expect you to, uh, to eat all of that, but um, if you could give us a bit of your thoughts just overall on what's uh, been transpiring really in the U.S. and globally. Yeah, I mean, it, it is without question been a crazy couple weeks. I mean, this is, it's, it's kind of just things you know, reaching a boiling point, really. And then this, this, these kinds of things have happened for far too long. And, and now it's, it's kind of a, you know, 
people have been trying to bring awareness to it for a long time, but it seems like now it's more of a, hey, we're, re we're really putting our foot down here and, and we're going to really call and push for change. And the most we can do um, is someone in, in, in my shoes, I'm, I'm not a, a in, in that minority, uh, you know, category. And, and I've, I've never been in that position before, but the most I can do is, is listen and read up and educate myself. And, and now is not a time to be ignorant towards, towards different things. You have to, you have to learn to empathize with people and, and understand where everybody's coming from who may not, you know, have the same background that you did. Um, I think what Evander and, and Akeem have done in creating this diversity alliance is, is fantastic. Um, I would love to see the NHL get behind it. I know it's, it's a separate initiative right now, but I think for these guys to go out uh, on their own and set this up to help generate awareness and, and, and get people involved and, and grow this game the way it should be grown, um, I think it's, it's a phenomenal effort. Uh, and it's great to see that you got other guys around the league, including, um, you know, guys like Trevor Daly and, and Dumba and even the guys who are no longer playing the league, like, like a Joel Ward. Um, you know, if you cross paths with any of these guys, you know how passionate they are, are, are about growing the game and make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. Um, so I think what they're doing is setting the groundwork for, for something that's going to blossom into uh, a, hopefully a, a great success um you know i, I know everybody's kind of working uh at least with us you know we're working internally to see if there's things that we can do to to fix things but you know we have been been gone for for a little while here and and you know on social we kind of pulled back a little bit but i think it was important to do that to because now is not the time to, to post you know goofy fun content you know it was it was time to really sit back listen and 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 educate yourself and i think as an organization between barracuda the sharks sap center the sharks foundation like we all did a very good job at coming together and and doing that uh doing that properly and and very well said because I, over the last couple of weeks i've had trouble kind of articulating i guess not how i feel but uh you know, just overall understanding the situation that goes back to, to that quote I shared um, from Dumba it just goes back to the fact that, you know, if you don't know how you can be involved or, or how you can make an impact or what even to do, the main thing you can do is, is try to educate yourself and okay, try and to listen. And, and just ask, nobody's yep. going to fault you nope, for, nope. for trying to educate yourself and trying to yep. learn. So if you're not sure, it's okay to ask and, and, and figure out where you have to go from there. Um, yep. You know, don't don't be shy in, in asking for help or, or asking to be educated. There, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. Um, well, I appreciate it, Joey, for, for being willing to talk about it for a moment. I think it was important that we did address it here. Um, you know, our podcast tends to, to dive deep in terms of personalities and such. Uh, we don't tend to talk about these type of topics, but, you know, it was just too relevant to, to skip over it. Um, let's uh, do shift gears, though, because we have had some news over the last, uh, yeah. you know, few weeks here. It seems like when you're in the heart of now the offseason for both the Barracuda and the Sharks, there wouldn't be a lot to talk about, but there, there has been some news. We'll start. Um, TSN's Brennan Clack reported on May 31st that unrestricted free agent Lukas Rodil has signed with H.C. Spartak of uh, Moscow in the Continental Hockey League. He actually played for them before he uh, signed with the Sharks a couple years back. This past year, he started with the, the big club, played 14 games, had no points, um, and then finished up the season with the Barracuda, uh, 28 games played. 
He had 16 total points, six goals, and 10 assists. He'll be 30 in August, um, a guy who was a little bit older when he did join the organization. Um, really kind of jumped onto the scene in year number one and then just uh, didn't quite have the production, at least up top in the NHL, uh, in year two um, after signing a, an extension midway through his first season um, with the Sharks. So uh, we wish Rad's nothing but the best. A really good guy, a guy who uh, came in again as a veteran presence um, and provided, provided a spark, at least at the AHL level. Um, and, and has a ton of ability uh, to selects to go back to the to the KHL here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough break for for Rads because I mean he's a guy who when he played for the Barracuda, he was a successful, productive player, and it just you know sometimes you just see that with guys when you know there's a it's a big jump from the AHL to the NHL, and some guys just don't make that adjustment very well, and it seemed like that's kind of what. Rads fell victim to. I mean, I thought in you know, last season, the 18-19 season, he really wasn't all that bad. He was a player that they they wanted in the lineup and obviously was rewarded with a contract. But, um, you know, to just kind of night in and night out this year when he got into the lineup with the Sharks to, to not be able to capitalize and take advantage of those opportunities, you know, that's tough, especially when the Sharks had the season that they had. You're looking for guys who are going to produce and perform, and, and if you can't do that, they're going to look to someone else who might be able to. So, um, yeah, we, we wish Reds, you know, the best of luck. I think he's going back to a, a comfortable situation that he's, he's used to. Uh, I'm sure just as he did before he came uh, to North America, he's going to produce just fine over there. Um, but, yeah, just uh, – that's the nature of the business, right? There's times where you just move in a different direction, and, and that's what happened here. Yeah, and I think it was it was no surprise in the sense of where he finished last year, having finished the season down with the Barracuda, his age, um, and, and a crop of young forwards that, that'll be joined in the mix and the expectations for some of the guys who are in year one or, or year two. So not a total shock, but again, we do wish uh, Rads all the best. That is, at this point, just a report, um, but it was reported by TSN's Brennan Clack. So usually uh, that stuff's pretty accurate. Um, let's move on on our list here. The AHL had an announcement yesterday. They announced the AHL Return to Play Task Force. And let me quickly read over the press release here. The American Hockey League announced today the formation of a Return to Play Task Force established for the purpose of providing expert leadership and strategic direction to the AHL in planning for the league's return to play in the 2021 season. The members of the Return to play task force have exhibited a strong commitment to the AHL and our experienced and respected NHL general managers, AHL team presidents, and owner representatives. The group will be chaired by outgoing AHL president and chief executive officer Dave Andrews. The return to play task force will not have any operational or management responsibility for executing the AHL's return to play, but rather will be will rather provide a strong strategic leadership to the league in developing or identifying opportunities for a return to play process that can gain widespread support in both the AHL and the National Hockey League. And I'll quickly go over that group because it's a pretty impressive one. Um, Dave Andrews, again, chairman, but Mark uh, Chipman, he's the chairman and governor of the Winnipeg Jets. Kyle Dubas, General Manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ken Holland, the GM and President of the Edmonton Oilers, David Poyle, the GM and President of the Nashville Predators, Don Sweeney, the GM of the Boston Bruins, Steve Iserman, 
the vice president and GM of the Red Wings, Jeff Barrett, uh, the chief executive officer of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, Tara Black, the chief operating officer of the Charlotte Checkers, Jim Burke's co-owner, Lehi Valley Phantoms, uh, Todd Fredrickson, the president of the Iowa Wild, uh, Mike Ostrowski, the president and chief operating officer of the Cleveland Monsters, and Matt Savant, the only uh, Pacific Division representative, the president and business operations manager of the San Diego Goals. If anything, Joe, it uh, it gives you a little bit of hope um, that they've got a strong group, very impressive group, as we mentioned, um, that will help at least kind of navigate some uncharted waters as they try to return back to play the AHL in the 2021 season. Again, we would expect all indications with the NHL not starting its playoffs until August that will get pushed back a little bit, but it is at least intriguing that they've got this type of group with these type of names that are going to be the ones trying to come up with the solution. Yeah, I think what's important there in that release is is this group of people, they're not going to be the ones actually executing this plan, but they're here to just help, you know, support and, and make sure that the important issues are brought to light. The list of people, like you said, is very impressive from the NHL general managers who are all very involved with their minor league clubs. And you, you've got, you know, there's one AHL owner in there. It's Jim Brooks from Lehigh Valley. But you got, when you look at the AHL team executives, the people who run the team business, those, you know, five teams, those are all very well run teams, very well run businesses. So these are all people who are going to uh, chime in and make sure that they're, they're, doing their part to, to, to move this league forward. Cause I'm, I'm sure you have, I know I have, I kind of, we, we don't know what it's going to look like for the American hockey league. We don't know when we're going to start playing. We don't know where we're going to play. We don't know if we're going to be able to play at SAP center. Are we going to have to play at Seoul for America? How many games is the season? Like we, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. And a lot of that is, is dependent on, you know, what this group is able to come up with. I think uh, you know, Patrick Williams, he's one of the, the, AHL beat writers, he kind of covers things all around the league. He, he had a, a pretty long, lengthy thread uh, about the return to play task force and some of the things. I mean, I'll just go through some of the stuff that he mentioned. You know, some of the issues that, that they've got to talk about. I mean, not all of these AHL teams are owned by an NHL club. They're independently owned teams, and that makes business incredibly difficult. The NHL still needs to find a way to develop their players next season when it comes up. The AHL is a is is you know really held together by that by the gate and how much money is brought in through ticket sales, and you need that you need fans in the building for it to be a a good uh, to really run your business. And then how does the, you know the current season ending? How does that impact the American Hockey League, if at all? Um, you got some other stuff. I mean, there's there's been AHL teams who have had furloughs and layoffs, um, and some of them have been been big big layoffs i mean will staffing become an issue how does that affect the season you know there's there's people who have so many people have been left unemployed by this pandemic in general you know how do hockey tickets fit into to people's budgets as they're trying to find things to do here as as things start to open up you know will groups be able to buy tickets there's a lot of things that need to be taken into consideration and, and they're not things that you know, they're not going to be able to get past, but they're all important things. And I think the people that they put in place for this task force are all very smart people who can confidently find ways to get that done. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what comes of it. Um, and I'm sure we, you know, we'll learn more 
as the the weeks and the months go on here but um it is it is relieving to know that we are moving in, in the right direction with it so yeah and again it goes back the hl very much a gate driven league there's no tv deals so they don't get revenue from that so they really do need fans to have a sustainable uh, product but again you've got to develop players too so hopefully we can come up with a solution i mean you go back a month and a half ago it almost felt like the season next year was completely in jeopardy and then a couple weeks later the nhl is returning the nba is returning so things can change really in a hurry so it seems like you know solutions are starting to be found um, and hopefully that's a that's a positive for the AHL. Uh, let's continue on. Um, we were waiting on it. Uh, not an overall surprise in terms of the name. There were some rumors, um, and a lot of people were correct. But uh, the loss uh, or the Vegas Gold Knights rather um, revealed their American Hockey League team name. Of course, they're going to be positioned in Henderson, which is a suburb of Vegas. Uh, but they revealed their name colors and the like on May 28th, and they will be the Henderson Silver Knights joining the 17 Pacific Division, so they will become the eighth team. Of course, Vegas had their affiliate in Chicago with the Wolves. They purchased San Antonio um, just a few months back, quickly hurried up, got a name. Um, They would play at the Orleans Arena. Um, That has held a pro hockey team before. Uh, They had the Las Vegas Wranglers uh, years back in the ECHL. It's about a 9,500-seat arena. That's where they will call home for the first couple of years before they get their own building. They're going to start building in August, so about the same time, hopefully, we start building our building, so they'll probably be ready around the same time. It is projected, I believe, to hold about 6,500 people, but um, you know we are we are not fans of the Golden Knights by, uh, by nature, being part of the Sharks organization, but overall, I thought um, the reveal was uh, pretty cool. I think the logo matches uh, seamlessly with their NHL club. Um, they talked about uh, in the reveal just uh, it's a horse with an H for Henderson, but a knight needs its horse. Uh, they've got all these different kind of uh, different reasonings behind everything, which I can go over in a minute. But uh, what were your thoughts of the re- reveal of a new American Hockey League club, the Henderson Silver Knights? Yeah, I you know you kind of you hit on a little bit. You know, it's it's tough to to pull for Vegas and 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 praise them in any way. Uh, but listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist and I like to tell it like it is. Uh, they did a phenomenal job with this. I think everything they did from, you know, from top to bottom and, and with their reveal was great. Um, listening to, to, you know, Mr. Foley talk about everything that they've got going on down there already, like in place with the amount of sponsors they have and, and the 7,600 season ticket holders that they're going to have and their 10 games that they're going to put on TV. I mean, that's, for a team that hasn't played a game yet, for a team that doesn't even have a staff yet, that's unbelievable. Um, I, I think the the support that they got from Vegas for the the reveal itself, with you know the the live stream and putting it on TV locally down there, I think they just they just did a really really good job with. It. They covered it very very well. They brought a lot of light to what the AHL is, um, and really educated the people in Las Vegas about, you know, what they can expect, which I, I think is something um, that every, you know, minor league market should do if they haven't done that already. Um, I know uh, Sharks fans would benefit from something like that greatly on our end uh, if we can manage to put something like that together. But yeah, I think, you know, they, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to play against them. It adds a, that rivalry piece because it's already so 
deeply rooted with Sharks fans and Knights fans. Um, so I'm excited to see how it plays out. I, for whatever reason, I don't know why I thought like, I guess I just didn't want to be like, oh yeah, they're definitely not going to name themselves the Silver Knights because that's too obvious. They won't do that. But like from the beginning, they were calling themselves the Henderson Blank Blanks. And like, it was kind of expected that that was what it was going to be. But I guess I just didn't want to admit that. I was hoping it'd be something different. Uh, but I do think the logo is awesome. I think the way it ties in, some of the things they have planned, there's a lot they're going to be able to do with that from a marketing perspective, from a social standpoint. Uh, so it'll be cool. I'm excited to to welcome in the rivalry this year whenever we do start playing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I just overall, I, I thought it was very well put together and very well executed and how they did everything. Plus they got their name out there before the Seattle NHL team did, which is also starting play uh, this coming season, which, or next season. Following. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were able to get it out there sooner and everybody's just kind of on pins and needles for that Seattle team. Uh, that's got to be a nice feather in their cap as well. I think Foley and the entire group with Vegas would be hard pressed to admit, but they certainly seem to follow what the Sharks have done with their affiliate being in the same city. And they saw Mm -hmm. that recipe. Now they're going to get a building and they have somewhat of a building already in place with the Orleans available. Um, The Barracuda, of course, have not had that luxury, but I think certainly a lot of organizations have seen what the Sharks have done. And they certainly like the idea of having their players that close because as Vegas talked about it in that elaborate one hour production of the reveal, They talked about their GM being able to go see the prospects, something they wouldn't be able to do, you know, on a daily basis when the team was in Chicago, the coaching staff being able to see guys and guys being able to get called up. We've experienced it firsthand. It's been a perfect situation in terms of uh, prospects being developed. And it looks like Vegas kind of took a page out of the Sharks book uh, by bringing their affiliate to uh, Henderson, um, in the next, it'll start next year, but they won't play in Henderson for a couple of years. But they're going to build a practice facility out there. And as a kid who grew up in this region of the country in the Sun Belt, in a sense, still take a lot of pride in even places like Vegas, where they're going to continue to grow the game, right? Um, you know, you've got young kids that maybe wouldn't experience it are now going to be immersed in the game. So it's good on all fronts, really. It's good for the entire sport. Um, and it'll be exciting to have a have another team joining the division eight team. And then of course we'll get Palm Springs two years from now. And then everything will kind of reset itself because I would assume we wouldn't have nine teams in our division. Colorado will probably go to the central would be the uh, indication I would probably guess, but um, it's a lot of fun. The Pacific division is, uh, is the division. Oh, yeah. I think everybody, everybody else in the league envies. Yeah. I knew take, they were talking about it on, on spit and chicklets. Fizz was talking about it. Uh, earlier this week I mean it's you look at some of the cities in there and you know with San Diego and Ontario which is short short drive from LA you've got a big city like San Jose so close to San Francisco and you've got Tucson and Colorado and now you're adding in Vegas and Palm Springs I mean this is a division that people are gonna want to come play in and I know where we our organization philosophy is to let the young guys play but if you're a veteran you're looking for a place to play there's no better spot to come than, than this division um you know, on that note, we were talking about Palm Springs. I, I started seeing some rumors pop up that they're starting to solidify names as well. Uh, the rumor that I've heard now is the Firebirds. Um, I guess they had to work through some 
legal issues with the junior team in Flint, but uh, it could be the Palm Springs Firebirds or something along those lines. Um, I don't know when they're announcing that, but uh, it, it things are looking bright for the Pacific Division for sure. And uh, it'll just be nice to have a full complement of teams. And, and, you know, the way things go now, we're playing the, our division over and over again. Adding in some new blood with these two teams over the next two years is going to make things uh, a lot more exciting, I think, not just for us, but for all the fans who, who support us night in and night out. Uh, it's going to be nice to see some, some new blood in the arena. Yeah, it certainly will. And to go quickly over, just to dive a, a hair deeper into this, this is uh, took a few snippets from their press release just on the logo itself. It says, the horse played a vital role in a Knight's quest to become elite, assisting in the Knight's training, skill advancement, and overall development. Henderson Silver Knights hold an identical position, assisting in every aspect of the Knight's quest to become an elite warrior. Now, of course, they added some dramatic uh, verbiage to, to heighten that, but uh, it goes and plays into why they chose the name. If you look closely, you'll see the horse's armor in the primary logo creates the letter H for Henderson. There are 20 links of chainmail and 21 rivets on the horse's armor, which represent the team's inaugural season. 2021 known as the silver state nevada is home to the largest wild horse population in the united states so not only do they incorporate the silver into the logo becoming the silver knights you add on the horse horse connect to the knight and as we mentioned they've got more horses uh wild horses that is than anywhere in the united states which i, which I thought was a tremendous fact uh, both these facets are are uh referenced on the back of the state quarter and the three primary colors of the Henderson Silver Knights are silver, gold, and black. So um, again, they, they, they really dove into the description and the reasoning behind the logo and color scheme. Yeah, I will say that I did have, now that I think about it, I did have one critique on everything. I mean, the logo is very sharp. It looks cool, but it is so, so intricate and detailed. And coming from a team who also has a detailed and intricate logo, that can be a bit of a nightmare when you're trying to, you know, get things stitched and, and, and produced. So um, it's a small critique, but uh, if there's any way to, to spin it with something, that's my, my, my lone critique about what they did. Other than that, like I said, I think they did a great job with it. Uh, it's going to look great. I'm glad that they have the gold incorporated. I'm interested to see what their jerseys look like though, because We've got another team in the division who does the black and silver bit. Uh, so I don't know. And in their logo, that gold is more of an accent color than a prominent color. Um, so I'm interested to see how they work into their uniforms to make themselves a bit more distinctive from, uh, from the rain. Yep, it'll uh, it'll be interesting. Though that'll be another reveal, I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Will be the actual uniform itself. But uh, we've got another member in the division. I think we're all excited uh, for the addition and a new destination as well. Let's move on. Uh, I think we uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, speaking of the other team, the division that holds this color silver uh, in their uniforms, the LA Kings announced they would not renew the contract of head coach Mike Stuthers with the Ontario Reign. Rob Blake, uh, the GM, former Shark, uh, made that announcement uh, back in late May. So Stutz, who is the head coach, the only coach Ontario knew um, in its five years in the division, he won a Calder Cup the previous season to the club moving out to California. He's also the coach of the year that year. Um, so Stutz will not be back. And quickly, uh, before I let you chime in, 
when I was talking to Johnny Brodzinski last year and his return back down to Southern California to take on Ontario, he said Stutz was his uh, favorite coach he's ever had. So everybody you hear who talks about this guy has nothing but glowing words. Um, I guess for LA, they're, they're going in a different direction, really on a lot of fronts. They've got a younger NHL group and they're just kind of pivoting. Um, so Stutz says they've elected to not renew. Um, so he is out in Ontario. Yeah. I, you know, it's, Sometimes you just, when you're, you know, in charge of a team, you just, you just need a change. Ontario's kind of struggled the last couple of years, and maybe it was just the right time to bring a new face. Uh, but like you said, there's anybody I've come across who's played for him or even, you know, knows him or is coaching against him. I mean, Roy would tell you the same thing. Everybody speaks so highly of this guy. I mean, he's a two-time Calder Cup champion. He's coached in the All-Star game. He's coach of the year his teams are always hard to play against. I mean, Ontario is never easy for us. That even goes back to when we were in Worcester. Manchester gave us absolute fits. I mean, this guy is a good coach. Uh, I am sure he is going to land on his feet somewhere. <laughs> maybe maybe somewhere like Rochester, who just had an opening. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's you know, just a little bit of a changing of the guard, and, and every once in a while, organizations go through that. You don't, the AHL is strange, because we're used to Roy Sommer. And Roy's been around for, for 22 years. It's all been with this organization. But that's not common. It's common to have this interchange in your coaching staff, you know, quite a bit on the American League level. So um, I don't know what direction Ontario is going to go in. Uh, but, yeah, wish Mike Stuthers the best of luck wherever it is that he ends up. Uh, but I'm fairly confident he's going to land somewhere. I don't think he's going to stay without a job for too long. Yeah, I would be shocked if he wasn't employed pretty soon. I, I'll never forget last year I went in to interview him and uh, he had his, his golden retriever sitting in the office right next to him. So that was kind of, uh, I guess uh, he had the pet pet to work. And I, I guess I mean, that was guy, kind of a common threat. Yeah, he's just, he's I, he's not like a weird guy. He's just a different cat, you know? He's got his dog in his office. When he Every time they came to SAP Center, he'd go sit in our coach's office and just spend an hour with Roy. Yeah, you know, former teammates got, want to call their cup yeah, together. We got like we got our lineups on the wall, whatever. He's you know, they just they just kinda hang out, you know, they just they just do their thing. They're two guys who get along really, really well. And you know, I I like I said, I wish him the best of luck. I, I, I hope he doesn't stay in our division because uh he's tough to play against. But um yeah, you know, we'll uh we'll see what happens, I guess, down in Ontario. And uh, one more bit of news when it comes to the Pacific Division. Just the other day, uh, the Calgary Flames announced the re-signing of goaltender Artem Zagadulin to a one-year deal. Last year, he appeared in 30 games uh, with Stockton. He went 16-7-4 and with a 3.07 goals against an 898 save percentage. John Gillies and Zagadulin were kind of the two-headed monster for a very good Stockton group. And if I'm not mistaken, Gillies is an unrestricted free agent. So I know he his entry-level deal was over, and I believe he had signed an extension um, last year or the year prior. So uh, it looks like Calgary is just adding to their depth. The guy they signed out of Russia the year before, his goals against and his save percentage, really not that flattering, but uh, he went 16-7-4, again, on a very good Stockton team. So uh, most likely we will see him uh, back next year in the HL. 24-year-old kids are still relatively young. Um, 
I know they've got uh, David Riddick up top, a guy we saw a couple years ago, but again, Calgary is trying to add to their their depth. They've missed uh, on a few draft picks um, over yeah. the last year, Gillies uh, being one of those guys. I think the expectations a little bit higher for him, so that didn't pan out um, at least at least for now. But they, they have locked down Zagadolin to a one-year extension. Can't say I'm thrilled about it. I feel like every time we played this guy, he, he stonewalled us. We just couldn't figure him out. Uh, Gillies, on the other hand, was much easier for us to, to, to solve. But, I mean, this kid, he's, like you said, is the goals against state percentage, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't stand out. They're not eye-popping. But the guy just won games. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to how good Stockton was. I mean, they scored a ton of goals. Um, but even if looking at his, his KHL numbers, I mean, his first, three year, or first two years in the KHL, it's a very small sample size. You know, one game, four games, six games. But those numbers were outstanding. And then the one year where he finally got, you know, 25 games played, he went 12-7. and seven. He had a 1.96 GAA and a .924 save percentage. I mean, kid's a good goalie. And Stockton, Calgary, for that matter, may have something in the pipeline uh, you know, with this kid who's who's still relatively young and kind of just coming into his uh, his professional prime here. Uh, so can't say I'm thrilled to have to play against him uh, for at least another season. Uh, but uh, hopefully just in general, I think maybe Stockton loses some of that, that firepower uh, and kind of comes back down to earth a little bit. This The Stockton team we saw this year is not the Stockton team we've seen in the past four years prior. So No, that was um, a very, very good hockey team that, yeah. you know, until the final game of the year, the uh, Barracuda could not Couldn't solve. Couldn't figure so, out. Um, well, good stuff, Joey. Uh, we're again, as we mentioned at the top, we're now to a bi-weekly situation. So we will talk to everybody in a couple of weeks. We do have Zachary Sachenko coming aboard tomorrow. So we're going to try to record an interview and then hopefully we can play that in a couple of weeks. A, a guy who a uh, very articulate, fun guy to talk to, um, had a really good first year last year and the expectations I think were for him to start uh, in the ECHL and play there, you know, really for, throughout the majority of the year, he ends up stealing a job. So we'll talk to uh, Sazi tomorrow and hopefully again, we'll get to play that in a couple of weeks, but uh Enjoy your time back home. You'll still be in Worcester when we talk again in a couple weeks. So enjoy it. Enjoy the family and uh, stay safe. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll be here for a bit. So uh, you know where to reach me if you need me. All right. Take care. And thanks to everybody for listening. Um, enjoy uh, the weekend. Um, enjoy Father's Day. Happy uh, Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, that's yeah. coming up this Sunday as well. So um, until we talk to you uh, in a couple weeks, so long and have a great couple weeks here.